We begin many of our prayers with the sign of the cross, and we invoke the name of the Holy Trinity. And often enough, we end our prayers with the glory be, in which we also name the Trinity. So our origin, the beginning, and our goal, the end, is God. And as Catholics, we believe that God has revealed something of his own inner life to us, and that this inner life is a communion of love. This is quite remarkable. It's also famously difficult to understand and to get it right, philosophically speaking at least. Much of the history of the first millennium of the Church is the story of saints and theologians trying to clarify how correctly to speak about the three persons in one substance. And this difficulty has given rise in our day to a common objection to the doctrine of the Trinity, which I've heard in apologetics groups at various times in my life. Why all this fuss about all this stuff, three persons and so on? Why not a simple God? God is understood by Judaism or Islam, and for that matter, a lot of New Age spiritualities. It's more straightforward, or at least the claim goes. And I tend to respond to this in two ways. There's a positive response and a negative response. And let's start with the negative. Why should God be easy to understand? I can hardly understand myself. Why should God be simpler than me? I studied music theory in college, and I was an aspiring composer in those days and for much of my early adult life. My junior year in college, for the first time, I experienced writer's block. And from this experience arose a novel question for me. Where do new ideas come from, for melodies or poems or whatever? I partially answered my own question later on when I started to discover that melodies I'd written many years ago and that I thought were very original at the time were actually very much patterned after other things that I'd heard. Somehow my mind had stored in my memory this melody, but I couldn't quite access it correctly while it was stored there, it kind of underwent some kind of transformation and came out slightly different so that most people wouldn't know that I stole this memory, this melody from somebody else, but I knew. What I was noticing was something that was perhaps first noticed by St. Augustine, significantly in his book called On the Trinity. Our minds are not simple. They perform many different kinds of actions, and these actions are often at cross-purposes with each other. So my memory and my will were at odds, in a sense, when I wanted to write a new song. So in my mind, I conceive of this idea, let's do this. And then my memory trots out something that's not a new song at all, right? So my memory is threatening to mislead me into thinking that someone else's idea is my own. Now, there are other ways in which our minds can separate into different and even opposing voices, right? We often deliberate within ourselves because we have different ideas of what we should do. The creative process, again, to go back to that, it always involves a lot of evaluation. So Stravinsky said that a good composer throws out 95% of his ideas because they aren't good. And this means that we must learn to set our memory and will, which I was talking about before, against intellect, which is to say we pass judgment on our own ideas and desires. We hope that we will mature emotionally and intellectually and that our minds will actually become simpler because they will start to harmonize. After we pass judgment on our memories and on our wills, our desires, they will start to come into harmony with what is true and truly good and so on. 
Um, we'll learn from mistakes in judgment, how to judge better, and all this will operate more and more smoothly, at least in theory. But our minds will not become simpler in the sense that they will no longer have several different functions of memory and will and intellect and so on. Rather, these different faculties of our mind will work harmoniously, with ease, in tandem, corresponding to the truth of things as they are. And now we've arrived at a rough analogy of the operations of the Holy Trinity. They really do, the three persons represent distinctions in their operations. So God the Father creates through the Word by the Spirit. God the Son redeems us in obedience to his Father in the Spirit. The Spirit sanctifies us, proceeding from the Father and the Son. But there's no gap between the persons in the sense that uh, they have conflicting preferences. Rather, there is each person making a complete gift of himself to the other persons, and each other person receiving graciously this gift that's offered. So there's this harmony, this ease of operation. And this is, by the way, why we can say this astonishing thing that God is love. God is love because God is communion. God is eternally a dance of self-offering, self-gift, and grateful receptivity. And that brings me to my positive response about why it is uh, that we have all these complicated ideas about the Trinity. If we reduce God to something that we can grasp, we are really inventing a God who is no such thing. If God is less than my capacity to understand, then my reason, not to mention my will, will become the measure of things. No longer will the measure of things be God, a transcendent, creative being, but just what I can understand. And in fact, many Enlightenment thinkers, and we have many heirs of the Enlightenment in our public life today, this is exactly what they wanted to assert. We no longer need something like faith in a tradition to understand what happened back 2,000 years ago. We can just look with our own eyes and use our own brains to figure things out. But not only then do we reduce God to a projection of our own minds, if we do this, we really set up our own minds as God. And I shouldn't have to tell you how dangerous this is. In practice, this means giving ultimate power to whomever can use the intellect to get his own way however he or she manages to do it. And what we're finding out is that we're more and more in thrall to supposed experts of all kinds who teach us, ironically, don't trust your own experience, take my expertise on faith. Uh, I've looked at the thing, and I know. In observable practice, taming God, simplifying our understanding of God, opens the door to a world that Thomas Hobbes described as the war of all against all. The world becomes a zero-sum scenario in which goods are scarce, competition rules, and ultimately exploitation becomes acceptable. But we proclaim a God who, as one who transcends our minds and everything else in the cosmos, is not in any competition whatsoever with anything or anyone. And we see this in the unity of the three persons themselves. They never compete. They always give to each other. They always give way to each other. This love can quite literally revolutionize the world, and it has already. We've just forgotten in our quest uh, to make life simpler. 
By way of conclusion, I will note that the road out of our present predicament must not partake of the same mistake. In other words, we're not going to win people to God by imagining that it's a competition for converts or something. We have to defeat humanism or Islam or whatever it is, whatever we perceive as a threat to the faith. What we have to do, first of all, is allow God, the Holy Trinity, to win over our hearts so that our own inner lives that I was talking about earlier become more and more pure and harmonious, right? And as our minds and hearts become more pure, we naturally become more attuned to God. We become more the image of God, the Trinity. We become more convincing witnesses then to the reality that God is love. And even more, we can perform this same purification with God's help in our communities, in our monastery, in our parishes. And then the whole church becomes an icon of the love of the Trinity. So I'll just speak of our, our monastery. If instead of being at cross purposes with each other, we become harmonious with one another, we learn how to make a gift, each of us, of self to the whole community, to each brother, and how to receive graciously the gift that is my brother, the monastery will be an icon of God in the world. The Holy Trinity will be represented right there. And only a God who is love can give us a glimpse of how a purified world would actually appear. And let us not settle for anything less than aspiring to raise our hearts and minds to the true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.